I am the senior pastor here, and I'm so delighted that you're worshipping with us today on All Saints Sunday. Uh, so please stand for the reading of the gospel. Kids, as we go through this gospel, well, everybody, I'd love you to just count how many names you hear in this passage, and I'm going to come back to that a little bit later. So see if you can get them all. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Reading from Mark chapter 3. And Jesus went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. He appointed the twelve. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Bernerges, that is, sons of thunder, Andrew, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Okay, well, over the next 10 minutes or so, I'm going to ask you to consider, first of all, your place in history, and then I'm going to ask you to consider the place of some of those whom you have known and loved. But I wonder if, first of all, you've ever worn anything that is really, really old, or if you've ever been in a building that is really, really old. So think about that for a moment. So recently, Simon and I had the opportunity, the delight, the wonder of being at our son's wedding. So I'm actually just going to show you a slideshow because it was really, really awesome. No, I'm not. But I did put in the picture of them so that you could say, oh, don't they look sweet? And also, talking about a wedding, you need a picture of the bride and groom. But the church we were in, well, first of all, the picture in the middle, that's me wearing what's called a cope. And a cope, it's just another word for actually a cape and its a liturgical dress, and this particular cope had belonged to a bishop called John Bickerstaff, who had died and had left it to this church. Now, John Bickerstaff is interesting in that he came from a line of six bishops. Can you beat it? Can you imagine having six generations of bishops in a family? So I don't actually know how old that cope was, but it felt old. It didn't really smell old, but it might have done. But then the other thing is we were in this church, and it was actually a Norman church, which means that it was about 14th century. But even better than that, they reckon that there has been a place of worship on that spot since Saxon England. Okay, if you don't know your history, I'm going to help you out here. That takes you back to the 6th century. So even as we were doing the wedding for Adam and Haley. We were doing it in a place where weddings had been taking place for, do the math, 6th century to today. I reckon it's about 1,400 years. Can you imagine how many weddings had taken place on that spot? So it was an extraordinary moment to just feel kind of small in terms of a history which was kind of big. But although they'd been worshipping there since the 6th century, in the churchyard was something else. There was this yew tree. And this yew tree is the second oldest in the United Kingdom, and it's 4,000 years old. Now, from you, those of you who come from California, I know you've got giant redwoods and things, but for the UK, this is a pretty old tree. 
And again, think about how long that is. So 2,000 years takes you back to Jesus. 2,000 years before that, that's kind of old. And so I wonder if all of you, you know, maybe you just feel a little bit distinct from that. Being in modern America, you don't really necessarily always feel that you're part of history. But hang on a minute. How many of you this week went trick-or-treating? Come on, I'm sure there were more of you who were actually involved in it, or you got dressed up, or you did something connected with it on Wednesday. A little fact for you as well. So Halloween, where did that come from? Well, in fact, in the year 731, this is your history lesson night tonight, there was a pope called Pope Gregory, and he wanted to pull people together to remember those who had died. And so he set aside three days, in fact, for people to remember those who had died. He set aside All Saints' Day, which became November the 1st, and All Souls' Day on November the 2nd, but as often happened with Christian, ancient Christian traditions, they also decided to have a prayer vigil the night before, All Hallows' Eve, which became Halloween. So there you've got a tritium, just like at Easter. You've got three days set aside for remembering something. So when you donned your fancy outfit and went out looking for candy, you were doing what children have done for centuries. But the poor children of the neighborhoods actually used to go out and ask for food. And they used to sometimes be given things called little soul cakes. I tried baking soul cakes this morning. They were pretty good, weren't they? Great. Yeah. <laughs> On cue. Excellent. <laughs> so you are all part of something which is deeply historic, even as you went out. And one of the things that is kind of strange about Halloween is that a lot of the things that people dress up in are, are sort of representative of death. And so how do we as Christians come to that? Well, I think one of the things that we can recognize at Halloween is that it is a time when people have traditionally remembered that death is real, but that as Christians, we do not have to fear it. And in fact, when we think about the church, one of the lovely traditions in the church is to think about the church both which is now and which will be in heaven. And so, oh, let's go back. Okay, this is the church militant and the tri church triumphant. A fresco from 1365. This idea that not only is the church people who are alive today, but it's also those who have died and have gone to heaven. So the church is united through all time. And one of the places you will notice that in the liturgy is that when we come to the Eucharist, I'll be standing up here and I'll suddenly say, and we will praise him with all angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven. And that's the people who have gone before us, the saints and the souls who have preceded us. That's the passage we heard from uh, Revelation a little bit earlier. The reminder that the saints are standing in front of the throne of God, singing, singing and singing and praising him. And that's what we remember we remember that the saints have gone before us and that we will join them and that we will be in heaven praising Jesus one day. But then we come to this, this story which I read from Mark's gospel just now. One of the things that I find extraordinary about the Bible is the fact that everybody, well not everybody, but so many people are named. Right from the beginning, God talked and he named Adam and Eve. And then they named the animals. 
And Jesus says that when we go to heaven, we'll be named in the book of life. And when we heard that reading earlier on from Mark's gospel, Jesus called the apostles, and it says that he called 12. But what did you notice about the number of names there were in that passage? Did anyone actually count the number of names? Not you, Simon. Anyone else? Did you count the number of names? No? No? Scott, did you get them? 19? Logan, did you get 19? There were 12 people. I didn't ask that question, Logan. <laughs> and in fact, there were 13, because Jesus was there too. <laughs> um, 19 or 18. I, I got 18 when I counted earlier, but it might depend on how you count uh, Sons of Thunder. But all of these people, God knows their stories. And the lovely thing about names is that it roots us in time and place. In another conversation recently, we were talking about that phrase in the Nicene Creed about he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. Jesus' life and death was rooted and tethered in time and space under a political figure who was known and written about in other literature. And so our names, our names tether us. And so your name is important your name is a name which tethers you as well to this particular time and space. Today, November the 4th, each of you was here in incarnation. This is a family tree. It's actually Simon's family tree. And again, it tethers him into time and space. It's a biological family, and all of us have different families that surround us as we grow up. Not only our biological family, but the families who care for us, the families who nourish us, our spiritual families, the people who grow, help us to grow, to come to know and love Jesus. And so today is a day when we are remembering the saints. We're remembering all the people who surround us, the people who have loved us and prayed for us, the people whose stories have made a difference to us as we have grown up and matured. And so in a little while, in a few minutes, Beth is going to come and play some music for us. And as she does so, I'm going to suggest that you do four things. First of all, you need to grab that pew bin at the end of the pew. And as you do so, you'll find a few things in it. First of all, you'll find a piece of paper, which looks like this. You will also notice some acorns. I'd love you to grab an acorn and pop it in your purse or pocket. I'll tell you about the acorns in a moment. But even as she plays in a little while, a number of things are going to happen. There's going to be a slide up. And on that slide, there are going to be the names and faces of people whom each one of us has known and loved and lost and that we are mourning at the moment. The people who have died in this last year that we, as a community, are missing horribly, even as we know that they are in heaven with Jesus. So I want you to take some time to look at the slide, to notice the names that are up there, to give thanks for the lives of the people who are there. And if there is a person who is on the slide, or somebody else who perhaps isn't on the slide, but who's on your mind at the moment as someone who you know and love, we'd like to encourage you during the song that Beth's going to play, to come up and to just light a candle. And there's nothing strange about candles. Lighting candles is an ancient way of just kind of praying with our bodies. It's a gesture. It's a prayerful gesture. It's just to say, 
I'm praying for my friend Susan. I'm remembering with joy my friend Kevin. Whoever it is that you're wanting to remember, you could light a candle for them. And then take your piece of paper, and I'd like you to write on it the people who have been your faith family, the people who are the souls who you know and love. Perhaps they're the ones who helped you to get rooted into your faith, or the ones who strengthened you in your faith as you have grown as a Christian, or the ones who are helping you to flourish now. Or perhaps it's just people who you have known and loved who have been a part of your story. You are very welcome to bring those up at the same time as lighting a candle and put them in this basket. Or, in fact, you can bring them up when we come to communion. And again, when we come to communion, I will pray a prayer of blessing over them. It's just a way for you to take stock and to take a few minutes to remember. And what about that acorn? Well, I was thinking about the yew trees. Yew trees last for thousands and thousands of years, and I couldn't really get any yew berries. But acorns last for hundreds of years, and I could find a gazillion acorns near my house. And so what I would like you to think about doing is taking that acorn home and planting it and imagining it growing for the next 100, 200 years. It'll be hopefully alive, perhaps long after you have died, and perhaps it'll just be a little something which you can watch for the next few years and say, there's a tree, it's, got, it's part of history, just as I am part of history. So if you'd like to do that, I'd rather you took it home than you dropped it on the floor uh, or leave it in the tray. So light a candle, pray for somebody, and maybe after the pot, at the potluck tonight, you can go up to someone and say, I saw that your friend, your relative was on the slide. Would you tell me a story about them? Take time to take stories and to listen to where our hearts are hurting. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you are a God of history. I thank you that each one of us is born into history and that you know our names, that they are written down. You know, know our birth moment and you know our death moment. Thank you that you welcome us then into the company of saints in heaven who will sing your praises eternally. And so now, Father, as we sit, as we remember, as we grieve and mourn, for ourselves and for those around us. We are so grateful. We are so grateful for our community, for those people who have shepherded us well, for the saints and souls whom we have known and loved, the people who have taught us about you and the way that you love us. Amen.